Welcome to the Light Shine Church Sermon Podcast. I'm organizing pastor Rob Douglas, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to our weekly message. Well, happy Mother's Day out there for all the mothers and for all those who have nurtured us, that have helped us to get to where we are today. We are truly grateful. So shout out to my mom. Happy Mother's Day, mom. Love you. Well, this morning we will be talking about makeup and masks. Peter duking it out with Paul, a charge of play acting, a God whose gospel could not be stopped in the Jewish people who must live into the promises made to Abraham in order that the whole world might be blessed. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from your mouth. May we feast on your word today. May you use this time not only to draw us closer to you, but to invite us into a greater faithfulness a faithfulness that helps move us toward our neighbor in a more perfect love. Amen. Well, I have a saying that I use with some frequency, and that is pastors are people too. We often forget that. (laughs) Anyone who knows me well knows that I'm kind of just a regular guy who happens to find the way of Jesus and the love of God to be the most compelling things in the world. I have a friend who is a spiritual director and after years of trying to figure me out, finally one day said, you know what you are, Rob? You are prophetically stubborn. (laughs) As a person who resists titles and labels, I've always refused to conform to some mold that other people have tried to squeeze me into. And when my friend Rodrigo called me prophetically stubborn, it was perhaps one of the first times in my life where there was a label that was placed on me that I actually accepted. I really don't like play acting and pretending to be something that I'm not. But reading today's passage of scripture reminded me that I've not always been as true to self as I would like to have been. I really have very few regrets in my multi-decades of ministry, but I do have one that came to mind that stands out. There were a few times when I felt the immense weight, a pressure that powerful people or an organization were placing on me to be something or to teach something that I didn't wholeheartedly believe anymore. And first, I remember when this came up for me, I tried to avoid it. Then I danced around it as best I could, but in the end, caved in and didn't stand my ground. In that kind of dreaded moment as a spiritual teacher where I would either choose to maintain my integrity or for a moment set it aside in an exercise of play acting in order to appease the powers that be, in this moment 
I chose to put on the mask of hypocrisy. I was actually so disappointed in myself that I vowed I would never put that mask on again as a teacher. Now, the so-called apostle to the Gentiles, Paul, is about to confront and blast Peter, Jesus's right-hand man, that Peter, all for wearing a mask and for succumbing to play-acting himself, living one way but saying and teaching another. I wonder if I'm not alone in this, how many of us would also admit to having play acted before? As we will see, there is a lot at stake here. Would Peter's play acting get in the way of the gospel reaching outward? Creating that community, that that song that Jeff played at the beginning, in Christ there is no east or west, in him no south nor north, is perfect. Would the mask that Peter was wearing force the new emerging Christian community to remain mono-ethnic and tribal? I think you know the answer, but you may not know or remember the story. The story is as relevant today as it was in the first century. Here it is from Galatians 1, 13 to 17, and chapter 2, verses 11 through 21. You have heard no doubt of my earlier life in Judaism. Paul is writing this. I was violently persecuting the church of God and was trying to destroy it. I advanced in Judaism beyond many among my people of the same age, for I was far more zealous for the traditions of my ancestors. But when God, who had set me apart before I was born and called me through his grace, was pleased to reveal his son to me so that I might proclaim him among the Gentiles, I did not confer with any human being, nor did I go to Jerusalem to those who were already apostles before me. But I went away at once to Arabia and afterwards returned to Damascus. But when Cephas, or Peter, came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood self-condemned. For until certain people came to him from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But after they came, he drew back and he kept himself separate for fear of the circumcision faction. And the other Jews joined him in this hypocrisy so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not acting consistently with the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all, if you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you compel the Gentiles to live like Jews? We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentiles, yet we know that a person is justified not by the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. And we have come to believe in Christ Jesus so that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by doing the works of the law, because no one will be justified by the works of the law. 
But if in our efforts to be justified in Christ, we ourselves have been found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. But if I build up again the very things that I once tore down, then I demonstrate that I am a transgressor, for through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. I've been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if justification comes through the law, then Christ died for nothing. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, you might remember a few weeks ago, Saul, now Paul, was introduced to us from the book of Acts as the young man who held the coats of the very people who stoned Stephen, the early church's first martyr to death. Paul set out to explain how his life had been transformed by the gospel when he was confronted by the risen Christ on the road to Damascus. He reminds us where he had come from before meeting Jesus. Paul was a Pharisee of the strictest kind, educated in Hebrew, Torah, and Greek philosophy. He's a brilliant thinker. Paul persecuted the early church in order to cleanse Israel of the horrible nonsense about this crucified Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth. To say that Paul was passionate, fiery, zealous about his job as the chief persecutor of Jesus is still probably understated. But all this changed when he was stopped in his tracks on that day when God revealed Jesus to him. Paul saw this with his own eyes. His entire life and mission changed when he learned that God loved the rest of the world, the rest of the non-Jewish world, just as much as God loved the people of Israel. And he would apply the same passion and fire and zeal to his new vocation, proclaiming the faith that he had once tried to destroy. Paul was this unstoppable force. He would never allow anything to get in his way, not even Peter, not even Jesus's best friend, Peter, who's now the leader of this church stationed in Jerusalem. So the question is, what was Peter's problem? Paul says he was, he was acting he was play acting. In the 2006 movie based on a true story about a serial killer, Charlize Theron won an Academy Award for Best Actress for her role as this former prostitute who murdered seven of her former clients. Roger Ebert said that her role was, quote, one of the greatest performances in the history of cinema. Now, of particular interest to me today was the multiple nominations that were received for best makeup and hairstyling. I mean, take a look at that. 
remarkable makeup work in this before and after photo. This makeup artist turned Charlize into something that she is not. In his own strange way, Peter, the Apostle Peter, had also in his own unique way become a monster of a different kind. In the ancient Greek theater, makeup wasn't what it is today. And they had this standard technique to help out the audience. Actors in the Greek theater wore masks, which they held in front of their faces by the end of a stick. The Greek word for play acting is the word that we get our word for hypocrite or hypocrisy. Someone deceitfully playing a part, pretending to be something or someone that they're not. Paul in Antioch, some 300 miles from Jerusalem, in one of the great centers of early Christianity, is calling Peter out. He's calling him a hypocrite, a play actor. Paul was looking Peter straight in the eye and challenging him to take off the mask that he was wearing. The issue was over table fellowship. Who and who not to invite to your dinner table? Now in Antioch, under Paul's leadership, Jewish believers and Gentile believers were eating together at the same table. What we need to know is that Peter, too, was doing this very same thing. He was also eating at the same table as non-Jewish converts. All up until the time when a group arrived from Jerusalem. As soon as they showed up, Peter did what I did. He changed his tune. He put on the mask of hypocrisy. He caved to the pressure. He play acted a position that he knew in his heart was exactly the opposite of what the Holy Spirit was doing. It might be difficult for us today to understand what a serious matter this was for the early church. We are accustomed to sitting down in a restaurant or at our tables in our homes and sharing a table with anyone that happens to be there. But we have to remember that it was just a short time ago in our country's history that if your skin was the wrong color, there were laws which prohibited you from eating in mixed racial company. And there were many white people who simply refused to sit down and share table fellowship with a black person. I just finished reading John Meacham's biography of John Lewis, was blown away by John Lewis's courage at integrating table fellowship in this country. He endured hatred, racial slurs, humiliations of every kind, beatings, all to ensure what Paul was fighting for 2000 years ago for these new Gentile converts to Christ. The issue behind the issue is family. Do Gentile Christians belong? Are they really a part of the family? 
Or were they to be viewed as second-class citizens lacking in the rights and privileges that only the insiders have? The problem here is that Peter's hypocrisy was leading people astray. It was uninviting people from their rightful seat at the table. The work of the Holy Spirit was creating a multi-ethnic, cross-cultural, worldwide body of believers in Jesus Christ. And what did Peter's play acting do? It had serious consequences. His hypocrisy was creating two classes of Christians that were divided along ethnic lines. Peter, like he did once, you might recall, when Jesus was still alive, was actually standing in the way and opposing what God was actively doing. Paul, like Jesus before him, had to get Peter out of the way. He had to put Peter back in line following Jesus, which is always the role of a disciple. Paul, Paul's response to Peter was really about two things. It was about belonging and belief. What is the badge of belonging for the person of faith, for the Christian? And what is the foundation of belief? Well, if Peter had it wrong, then we know what the badge of belonging is not. Belonging is not about the badge of ethnic privilege. This is one of the things that Paul was trying to get across to Peter. It is solely, he says, the badge of faith in Jesus Christ and nothing else. Peter's play acting wasn't just bad theology. It was actually an assault on the gospel. Peter was using ethnicity to limit to Israel what God had already opened up to the whole world through Israel's perfect representative, Jesus. His hypocrisy was reversing what God had already done and was currently doing. It's not observance to the rules, he says, that saves. Observance to the rules only serves to demonstrate our salvation. It's always a response to following Jesus. Even when our faith falters, even when, it's, when it wanes, when it's imperfect, even in our own unfaithfulness, even when we end up putting on the mask of hypocrisy, Paul is telling us that we are still justified, that we're still made right because of the perfect faithfulness of Christ on our behalf. We belong because of faith. And our faith rests on the strong foundation of the perfect faithfulness of Jesus, who is faithful even when we are not. Friends, this text is certainly a warning to all of us who from time to time put on the various masks of hypocrisy. The stakes today are every bit as high as they were in the first century. Today, the church is in decline. 
the world is watching Jesus's followers. And often it seems like we Christians are mostly in the news these days for all the wrong reasons. The world wants to know what we really care about, not just what we oppose. They want to know what kind of people are we really? The question is, will we show the world Jesus? Will we show the world who Jesus really is? Or like some, will we show them something else like Peter was doing? Non-Christians almost always say the same thing, that their main problem with the church isn't Jesus at all. It's the hypocrisy of his followers. I have already admitted to wearing this mask before. As I've reflected on this this week in preparation for today, what I've noticed is that it never fits me quite right. It never serves me well. I haven't won any Academy Awards and the kingdom has not been advanced when by wearing it. Play acting lacks integrity and it actually opposes the work of the Spirit in the world. The Holy Spirit is at work today, just like in the first century, creating this multi-ethnic, cross-cultural, worldwide church, a church whose embrace is wide enough to welcome everybody in. God's plan all along, all the way back to the covenant with Abraham, was for Israel to show forth the love of God, to show the love of God to the whole world. It's our task today as well. And the good news that Paul is sharing with us is that it does not require any masks or makeup to do it.